one, two, three. Check one, two. Did you get the check? Did you get the check? What a catch. What a catch. Marvellous. Is it hot in here? So take off all your clothes. Got an eye full of Tim's boobs. <laughs> Why is Tim talking to us? We, we can't, he doesn't have his headphones on. We can't hear anything he's saying. Yeah, we are recording, Tim. Yeah, no, it's no. a great start to 2023. <laughs> Hello, this is the Ian Prendercast, another Carlton podcast. I've just copped an eye full of Tim's hairy chest. <laughs> which isn't the way I wanted to start the season, but maybe it's an omen. We're brought to you by 121 Media and MGA. My name is Sean Peter by John Joy, and as always, by the good doctor Tim Davis. We were going to record at the Collingwood practice match, but a major sticking point was your availability, Timbo. And I was there. Something you refuted once challenged on it immediately. How are you, Timbo Slice? I'm pretty good. Yeah, it's um, nice to be back in this little forum and... Uh Nice to have footy coming around, something to look forward to, something to get excited by. So, no, life's good. Fantastic. That's great to hear. <laughs> We've been fortunate enough to be granted a moment of this man's time, his busy schedule. He's just... It's only going to get busier. He's just, just snuck us in there, Timbo. It's the big Fabaganoush. <laughs> Is it a- true, Fabaganoush, that we were just millimetres away from this being a tribute episode? Yes, yes. An um, in-memoriam special where we can um, reflect upon all the times. We can reflect. We can have a laugh. Um, but my life did flash before my eyes. Um, as Adrian Saladino can attest, um, first of all, buona anno, buona sera. Welcome, everybody. Um, it is good to be back. But, um, yeah, whilst crossing Royal Parade, I uh, rolled an ankle standing still, which... I still don't know how I did it. It's pretty on brand. And I fell like a a pine tree that was just getting chopped out and down at the forest. And I, I I hit the ground that hard. And there was a car doing a right hand turn. It was like I tried to dive underneath it. Maybe it was subconscious. My phone and my backpack actually went under the car, and I I don't know. You know how everything slows down when you can't. I saw underneath the car. <laughs> That's how close I saw the undercarriage. You were like, hey, you've got to go leak your gearbox. And then I was like, <laughs> you might need to get that looked at. <laughs> that cable to the point. To the point, I didn't feel any pain then. The oil I, just drops on his forehead. Be, because the fear was just palpable. Um, so I was helped up by two Collingwood supporters. Nice S- enough. They, was checking, they were checking on me. Um, and then my – so my ankle was sore, mm-hmm. obviously, because that's – and I fell on my right side. Uh, grazed knee, grazed hands. Back and to the left. Um, continued to go, met up with Timbo, sat there, we watched the game. All along I'm thinking, oh, yeah, my, my, my right hand was a bit sore, my knee was sore and my ankle. And it was just getting worse and worse. You'd fit right in in the Carlton Medical Room. If anything, <laughs> no, no, he's actually in great this, this, this is very Carlton Medical Room type stuff. I get back to the office. I can't move my left hand. I'm thinking everything else is sore, cut, bleeding, but it's my left hand is just swollen. I can't move it. Maybe you're having a stroke. Went for x-rays, broken thumb, mm-hmm. 
and bone bruising on my wrist. And since then, I have hurt my back by biasly doing everything on my right hand side. I've, uh, but I got to meet Adrian, which is great. I thought not, you not were mates. No, Tim, I'm just I'm just loved out there. Speaking of love, <laughs> I waited for this because I didn't want to, you know, send out a tweet and whatever. I wanted to give it the proper, the proper thank you that it deserves. The big oos, our boy Junior. Sent me a T-shirt that says "Honorary Oos" on it. Yeah, it's a Sami Zayn T-shirt. I, yeah, I know. It's not like he designed the T-shirt himself. I don't give and a had fuck. A manufacturer. It's, it's it's a personal gift from the great man to me. I am in the inner sanctum. Does that mean he's the tribal chief? He is my tribal chief. Mm. He's my sergeant at arms for well, you, you have Club of Ganoush. I think yeah, just back on your. No, it was honestly, it was a lovely, lovely gesture. For my lovely, lovely What man. does Kel think about you wearing the honorary Oost T-shirt? She loved it. Yeah. She loved it. She's, uh, she's over the bloodlines storyline and all that stuff that's happening. I think they've gone a bit too early with it. I've been half following it. They're trying to apex it towards WrestleMania. WrestleMania. But I'm like, but, I think the big thing should have been, I think they went a bit early at the Rumble and then they've kind of, it's sort of reached a really interesting inflection point and then it's kind of just run out of gas a bit because it's like we all know that it comes to a head. Yeah, at WrestleMania, and he has to lose the belt. He has to lose the belt. We're like, we all know what's if going he doesn't to lose the belt. It's what's what four years and nothing's happened. And then one of Jimmy and Jay needed to splinter off and kind of join with this, Sammy, this, but it hasn't happened. This and is what's like, going to happen: eh. get rid of Jimmy, get rid of Jay, get rid of Roman, and bring me and Junior as mm. the real Usos. Yeah, that's the reveal. That's the it. The big reveal is that you've been pulling the strings all the while. <laughs> that's I've, why he's been on the foam roller. Yes, <laughs> I mean you have. I was practicing my falls. Yes. Your flat backs. Oh, who wants to train in the ring? I'll go down on Royal Parade. That's a real Mick Foley of you. I'll go practice on Asheville. <laughs> um, yeah, you've reached that awful stage. I did remark this to Tim where you're both terribly uncoordinated and very brittle, to be honest. But um, Oh, it's time. Here we go. So we introduced this segment. This is for anyone who's late to the party. Timbo went on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Made a fucking cock of himself. Oh, stop. <laughs> Gave the greatest answer. Gave the greatest incorrect Correct answer, answer <laughs> of all time. So we're going to recapture the magic. You ready to go, Tim? My description was correct. It was wrong, was wrong, Tim. It was wrong. I'm not saying it wasn't. Oh, you got to give us the intro. For, sorry, hold on. Oh, what, that is he started. He goes, ladies and gentlemen, Tim Davis... Chaiwala from, where are you from? Dunvale. Let's play Who Wants to Be a Mullinair. <laughs> All right. We're ready to go, Timbo. Your question tonight. Now you have two lifelines. You can ask Fab or you can have a 50-50. And are, they going, are these going to be and they're multiple choice here? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So who wants to be a millionaire? <laughs> it's, like, it's like he hasn't been on the show Jesus. before. Jesus. <laughs> For four months. <laughs> <laughs> Which of the following iconic works of art was produced first. The Starry Night by Van Gogh, The Mona Lisa by Da Vinci, The Girl with the Pearl Earring by Vermeer, or The Birth of Venus by Botticelli. Those are your four options, Tim. Which of them was produced first? Does he have all his lifelines or can only use one? 
Were you not listening? He has no. two lifelines. Yeah, I know, but can he use he them can, both? No, he can only use one of them. He so, can ask so, ha, ha. you. He I can, was listening, Sean. Not really. Oh, not really. He can ask you. So he, he can't can. eliminate two and then ask me? No, not at all. Okay. Well, I'd, I'd love to be able to talk through different eras Please. of art and all this sort of Please stuff. Please do. I, 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 don't, uh, I do like to uh, talk rubbish and pretend that I know what I'm on Something about. Something the listeners based on the whole, Timbo would be the greatest Boulder Dash player yes, of all correct. time. Yeah, okay. correct. Yeah. So, look, I, I'm going to give myself toss of the coin odds. What a coward. What a coward. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, let's go 50-50, please. Okay. So the 50-50 will eliminate the Starry Night and the Mona Lisa. Wowee. They were the only two that I knew it couldn't be, so that helps nothing. <laughs> that they couldn't be? I think the Starry Night's the youngest. Okay. I did think well, Van Gogh. Van Gogh's the youngest artist out of those out of those four. There's probably someone listening to this gun. Shut up! Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> Look, I um. Oh, we're gonna start it again. Oh, we're going again. Uh, I'm not as familiar with the birth of Venus per se. Very, very familiar with the uh, girl with the pearl earring. I am going, Sean. I am going to lock in. D, the birth of Venus, is my answer. Tim Davis has locked in Botticelli's The Birth of Venus. That is his final answer. He had absolutely no idea, it's fair to say. This is a guess. Tim Davis. What's happened here? Is this not working? He's correct! It is indeed the birth of Venus, Botticelli, 1486. 1486? The birth of Venus was produced. Some of them, I think wow. the, some of the, they're a bit rubbery. It's like between 1480 and yeah. they're not 100%. They don't, it was, wasn't like it was finished on the 15th of June. Yeah, like yeah. The, the Mona Lisa's like got a three-year. Yeah, that's, I've got that, uh, that's 1517. Yes. The girl with the peering, pearl earring was 1665. Wow. And Van Gogh was 1889. That's the only one I knew. I knew Van, like Van Gogh's relatively young compared to the other ones. Mona Lisa, 1517. Mm. She's holding up a treat. She's got no eyebrows. Well, it's I know the way da, da Vinci gets da, da Vinci gets praised. And I, I, got, I went down a rabbit hole and I started watching the Lost Da Vinci documentary about the Salvador Mundi. Mm-hmm. And it's apparent discovery and its validity about being because it sold at auction and the Saudis bought it for $700 million and um, and they were just you know going through you know Da Vinci's a genius blah 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 but the more I look at the Mona Lisa she's got no eyebrows it's a, it's a fascinating thing because the Mona Lisa is arguably one of his more unremarkable contributions but it did get stolen didn't it uh, oh, I don't know but, but in the I end I believe it did and, and I think that that added to its mystique. Well, you could make an argument that that is the the most famous piece of art in, oh, the, in world. the world. Absolutely, it is. Well, I think it is. It's like you know, but but in terms of people know it. Like if you said you know something like American Gothic or whatever, some people would go, "Oh yeah, no, I know that one." Yeah. Yep. But just in general, the Mona Lisa, Da Vinci, it's in the Louvre. Everyone kind of ticks all those boxes. But it's actually you look at it and you go, "Okay, yeah, like it's it's a good painting." But you're like, mm. "Why is that?" And in the Louvre of all places, why is that the painting in the Louvre? And, and as I understand it, aside from the fact it is what it is, my understanding is it did get stolen and I think it just it, it carried 
a mystique about it and an interest and all that sort of stuff. So it's it, it sort of almost had a second life and all of a sudden it's been top of the tree. Have you mm. watched the documentary on the Lost Da Vinci? No, I've not. No. The Salvador Mundi? So long story, very short. There's a painting that somehow ended up in some backwash American hillbilly town and a guy who, obviously an art lover, sees it, buys it for $1,000. So it looks like it's, it's been overpainted. Someone's tried to correct it. Someone's put a goatee on it. It goes on auction and these guys see it. He's intrigued. So for the, for the $1,000, these guys who are art dealers, we'll buy it. They buy it. They take it to one of the most preeminent art appraisers on the planet who's on his deathbed. He and his wife have a look and she starts to peel back all the overpainting and whatever and discovers that this is a Da Vinci. Wow. A lost Da Vinci. And there's people in the art world who are questioning whether it is a Da Vinci, it's not a Da Vinci, but it goes on display in London and the curator of the London Museum, he credited it, credited it, that's too many EDs in there, he credits it to Da Vinci or as a Da Vinci and therefore it's, once it's credited as a Da Vinci, where it's it's still disputed because it's not signed or anything, its price went through the roof and it changed hands a couple of times and it was bought by the Saudis for $700 million. It seems like an extraordinary, lavish and over-the-top expense for something yet, that may or may not since, be. Since the purchase, they haven't actually put it on display. Does anyone remember, this is that fascinating thing, does anyone remember that uh, Peter Jackson thing called um, Forgotten Silver? No. Which was in the mid '90s, so Peter Jackson obviously would go on to do. I'm breathing right into this microphone. Yeah, like I, can, I can hear myself. Are, yeah. Um, so Peter Jackson obviously go on to do Lord of the Rings and you know, The Frighteners, which is a good movie, King Kong, etc. And um, he did a, like a mockumentary, but was purported to be a real life, true story of um, a, a New Zealand filmmaker, and they made it in such a way that they were selling it like as this is a real thing, and he is like a pioneer of cinema. This guy back in the early late 1800s, early 1900s, a pioneer of cinema, and one of the things that he did was capture. Um, uh, I don't know the guy's name. A New Zealand aviator's first flight, which would have put it before the Wright brothers. Yep. And a lot of people, it was a hoax. It was a fun, yeah. very well done, very convincing it's hoax. Like, it's like that one on the moon landing, the Stanley Kubrick. That thing. he shot the moon landing. Yeah. That it was a it was a mockumentary, but I was, mm. I watched it half asleep. Mm. But this, this I, I didn't that, know what was going but on. This is that thing where people think, oh, it's Da Vinci. There's this new Da Vinci, and it's like, well, we'll never know. No, we never know. That's kind of pointless, even indulging the idea that it would be, because how do you know? How are you ever going to prove that it is? It's a waste of everyone's time. The Salvador. But a fun movie. story. Look it up, nonetheless. Um, and look up Forgotten Silver as well if you haven't seen it or and, and just finally it. just found a website and it said talking about um, a revolution, uh, <laughs> the Mona Lisa, but said however the painting's rise to global fame can be attributed to a single event. In 1911, the Mona Lisa was stolen from the Louvre by a former employee of the mu- the museum. The painting was missing for two years before it was finally recovered in Italy. The theft created a media frenzy and the painting became a household name as a result. So it was probably just one of many remarkable works of art in the Louvre. Look, it had been acquired by Joseph Bonaparte, Napoleon's mm. brother, 
in Joe. 1815 and, and put it into Joe, put it into um, the Louvre at the time. Mm. So obviously, you know, it had been, you know, recognised as being highly valuable. But it was a commissioned work. There was, wasn't it? As it, as, yeah. was, as was the the thing of the day that I can't imagine. The fam- list, I can't imagine the listeners expected this. Noble families would have commissioned exactly right. when Depth. they threw the episode. Yeah, on. Let's um, move there'd, on. Be, there'd be people going, "Get to the fucking football!" <laughs> and what do we say, Sean? Scrub, just scrub, scrub. forward. Scrub. Mona Lisa was a hell of a halfback flanker too. Yeah. She, uh, she had good left. The imprinted cast, good vision. By it, was like, it was like she could always see where the ball was, regardless of where it was on the field. Oh, I like that. That's good nice. Vision. That's good from you too. Yeah. Um, we do put the little time codes in, so you can you know when this this is all said and done. Yeah. So well, we've, we've we've had a nice little jaunt. And I know I know we get along on pod, and everyone thinks we're best mates, but we haven't sat and seen each other since our last record. So it's you know, we have it, not. It's a it's an honour. Was Christmas Eve, wasn't it? Uh, New Year's Eve? New Year's Eve. Oh, it wasn't New Year's Eve. It was Christmas Eve. It was late in the... <laughs> it wasn't even in the state. Well, it certainly wasn't then, then. Uh, we want to talk a bit of 2023 20, football, I think, um, probably makes sense after that. Uh, this is an open question to the room. What did we make of our two practice matches and any key takeaways or observations? Um, I'll go first. because I, I like I... the proactive... Fab, is this a new fab? I will go 2023, and I'll openly say I've done a very fab thing and not seen the Sydney, not seen all of the Sydney game. It was a bit at a time. I, I remember texting you saying, When are we starting? and you said, We're on now. I said, Now, so yeah, um, that was a concern. Now, silent Bob, now. Um, but yeah, I went to the Collingwood game. I was fly, fat ass, fly. <laughs> I was just looking at, I just wanted to see how or if we would be playing very differently from what we were last year. And it wasn't overly different, but what no. I did like, that the addition of Blake Akers spreads us wider, creating a bit more channels that we can work through. So I liked his work. He's, he's opening up the ground. I don't know how that would go if we ever had to play Geelong in Geelong, for example. But um, that stood out. Um, I was super impressed with Jeff, Jesse Motlop's rig. Is Ford craft and things of that nature were, you know, he, he's he's building into a, a nice little footballer. But God, he's taking care of his body. He's hit the gym hard, and he he had clubber length type type, you know, biceps. He needs to get the mohawk. It was absolute. and the attitude. I was super impressed. But imagine being clubber length's corner man. Like he trains in solitude. He lives alone in that little bed sit. Uh, he's very angry all the time. Where did he get his guys from? Like, who were those people? I don't know. Do you have to have one? Could he just go in and go... He wasn't go, very friendly to him, was he? No, not at all. Straightening you back up, back on the footy. Um, the <laughs> things that really stood out, how, I think Adam... How dare you? Adam Chera looks super fit. Mm-hmm. Um, is Tim putting the desk down? Yeah, it sounded like someone was screaming. Um, so, yeah, he looked super fit. And what else stood out and is very concerning is that Jack Silvani is still our... Second best ruckman at the club. Who's our... Well, I haven't seen Pitnet at all, so I'm not even going to count him. But Alex Murkoff... Yeah, I said earlier, I'm closer to a game of AFL football than Alex Murkoff. I also think you were in a discussion where you were talking about Alex... Oleg Markov. No, but I meant meant Murkoff. (laughs) It was an unsolicited comment in the end, but I stand by it. Um, Yeah, he's a mile away. When he went in, Collingwood 
but just just ran all over us. As an actual, as a he's a bit Robbie Warnock in the sense that if you need just a guy to win a tap out, he might be able to do that. But he couldn't you, do that either. He, but he couldn't do anything else. Mm. He's got a lot of work to do. I'm not writing him off. It's obviously he's very thin. But um, well, you're prepared to write Josh Honey off on a hell of a lot less. Josh Honey, yeah, yeah, it's no good. Um, rucks are funny though. Like you, you, you can make advances as a ruckman and bolt on skill it with enough work, yeah. and you I'm can become a, relevant very I'm not, quickly. I'm not putting a line through him, but he no, just no, saying no, he I'm needs just, to do a hell of a no, lot t- of work. Tim, I, I don't, I don't think he produced anything that would. I think Tim's, uh, I think Fab's point is well made in the sense that we we walked away from that game thinking, geez, that ruck is still an enormous concern for a team that prides itself and is going to build itself around contested footy clearance, etc. It's a massive concern. No, I there, there is absolutely zero doubt about that. Um, I thought the good thing was, like second quarter, like there was a howling gale, maybe not a howling gale, but there was a strong wind. That to was the, such a robo you just did then. Yeah, Robo loves something. that. You, you said something and then retracted it immediately. Well, Robo loves that. I mean, a howling Davis, gale is like a fifteen he, goal. He's the greatest player of all time. Was well, uh, maybe player. not the greatest player. <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe, yeah. <laughs> but he's pretty good. But. Collingwood got a hold of us in that second quarter and put a lot of goals on very, very quickly, very, very early. Who was rucking? Oh, well... Predominantly. It, probably Murkoff, but... Just as an aside, too, I think... But ultimately, I wanted to see us slow down an opposition that had a hold of us. See, this is the thing. And, and as the yeah. game progressed, I thought we did so that. So I've got the note here that... Which is what I wanted to um, see. What... We actually don't know what the two practice matches mean. We won't know for a couple of weeks. We won't even necessarily know next week. Yep. Um, after the Richmond game, you know, I hope that when Collingwood got that run on, that our coaches' box were leaving it to the group to figure out. Yep. Don't interfere. Don't do anything. We'll just leave it to them. We've been training this. We've been talking about this. Can they sort it out themselves? Can they pick up the cues themselves? So the worry there is, if that's the way it goes, well, no, they didn't because it took them five goals. Yep. Yeah. But but, but the also is if they were if they were trying to pull some levers, it's like it's not working. Well, it did in the last quarter. Yeah, but it needs to work a lot quicker than they've kicked five or six in a row. No, no, I, I agree with that. that's but, always but, been the knock. But you have to see – you learn by doing. Yeah, you learn by putting in place and doing. And and, and, and as Hanson – Ash Hansen made a point of when they talked to him after the Sydney game that we're playing two preliminary finalists in our preseason. Like, we, we want to test ourselves out. We want to play against the better teams going around to be able to give us – you know, a bit more of a hardened edge uh, going into round one, and so I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable with playing who we've played. Like we, we just tongue in cheek started talking about Liam Jones. Liam Jones looked fantastic the other day, but he was playing against North. Mm. So, like, no, well, yeah. yeah, that's not a test. How's the pump up of North? Like, I, I know we don't want to smash them because given that they're such a fragile club. Come on, the <laughs> come Kangas. on, the Kangas. Um <laughs> But geez, like they—it's too far the other way. They're giving them a bit too much love. They're, they're going to be shit. Okay. Hawthorne are going to be shit. Like just and and oh. some people are tipping Adelaide for the eight. Adelaide won't get out of the bottom four. They're shit. But I don't want to turn host here. But you look please. It'll like, be a change of pace. The Sydney game, and what <laughs> irritates me about that now, apart from a fitness thing, getting a fitness base, blowing the lungs out. Playing against opposition where, you know, it's it's you have to use your brains more than anything. George has walked in mid-record. <laughs> George. It's a shocked look on his face. 
Hello. Most pe- most people you tell, yeah, we're recording. They just leave the office, but uh, George is here. Um, He's sitting his bag down, which is a, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's, a it's a worrying sight. And introducing himself <laughs> to everyone. <laughs> All right, it's really lovely. Um, this is George. Uh, George. Good evening, everyone. He's a real estate agent. <laughs> you low down. Um, George is a Hawthorne supporter. George is very optimistic about the forthcoming season. George is a fool. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like I walked into the wrong thing. <laughs> ah, um, very good. Yes. Georgie, can I help you? <laughs> you didn't tell me you were doing tonight. Yeah, George, what was I going to do? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Right. We'll leave this all in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As I said to you before when we spoke about the podcast, we don't edit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just press on, gentlemen. Editing Thank takes time. Thank you, George. Well, how was your workout? <laughs> George is doing a preseason. He's going to play for the under sixties. No, I did a preseason. Who, who was connected with Hawthorne? Me. You were tangentially. Okay. Yeah. I did a preseason with Hawthorne. Did you? What yeah. this year? Don't get George talking. He'll tell you a story about how Don Scott used to give him icy poles at primary school or some crap like that. It was Lee Matthews, actually. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Go rattle those tins, Georgie. Have a great evening. <laughs> <laughs> Don't edit. No, 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 no you'll no, be on it. You'll, yeah. be on it. You'll, you'll be listening tomorrow and going... Especially the poem you said, George is a Hawthorne supporter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'll be like, I am. He's George, talking about me. George is a whore. Fawn's a fawn. See you, Georgie. See you Say tomorrow. goodbye to George, everyone. Love you, George. What were you talking about? I don't remember. You said something about your turning oh. host and you were talking about Sydney. E- fitness elements aside. Yeah, seamless. What do you get out of a game in which you take so many key components out of our side and structurally everything breaks down? What do we get out oh, of I've it? got an answer for that. Now, this could be me being the chicken little tinfoil hat-wearing idiot that our listeners love. Um, the football club didn't want to lose to Collingwood. Yep. So they used that as the dress rehearsal. And if they were playing in Melbourne, they could have maybe rethought that. But the trip up to Sydney, don't worry about taking all the quote-unquote big boys. Don't worry about wheeling them all out for full game time. I just don't think they wanted to lose to Collingwood. So they used that one probably out of sequence. Ideally, you would do that last week. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think that was in the forefront of their minds is that they didn't want to roll over and lose to Collingwood. It doesn't matter if it's a practice match, whether that's right or wrong. Mm. But I agree. I, I sat there and I thought, ultimately, what are we getting out of this hit out against the Swans? And it was very little in the end. And I think that the fallout was quite amusing because I had a few people, most, the vast majority of people understood what I was saying. I wasn't going the boys hammer and tong about losing a practice game against Sydney, but you can recognise that, yes, the game is meaningless and we play poorly. Yeah, yeah, no, it yeah, was, totally. From, I, mean, I, 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 saw, I saw about a quarter and a half. It just it, it seemed disjointed. It seemed almost structureless. There was one positive out of the Sydney game. Lockie one. Cowan. Lockie Cowan. It was the only positive. In terms of the only outward where you walked away and you thought, that's a little bit of a tick. I like and, that. And maybe Hollands as well. We're going with Theo? We're going with Theo Vaughn, yeah. The Theo Vaughn Cowan or what? Do you know who Theo Vaughn is? No. Nah. He's a dead ringer for Lockie Cowan. He's I give Sean un- that. Unbelievable. But Theo Vaughn is a complete moron, but he's funny. He can be funny. 
Yeah. Sometimes it's like that's bad. Like yeah. just shut up. Yeah. I see a, a little like bit us. of Ryan Pappenhausen, but that's just me. That's the hair, probably. Probably just the hair. No, this Theo Vaughn. Look up Theo Vaughn, and you'll go. Whoa, that's, that's is he related to Lindsay Vaughn? No, that's uh, one one in for Theo, and I think that's probably a stage name. Um, yeah, Lockie Cowan for me uh, was um, was the, re- the the takeaway. We thought, oh, that's really good because otherwise, geez, we struggled to move the ball, and we made real heavy weather of just about everything, and it was real labour intensive, and it was like you like that, Tim? It's fucking bang on. That's how you do a lookalike. <laughs> you, that's how you do a lookalike. Do you think Adam Saad was given the instruction of? Don't try. Don't bounce off halfback. <laughs> just, just yeah, just be a warm our, body. Our, Look, he might not be our number one rebounder statistically, but he's the one most capable of giving us some spring. G- yeah. g- give it to Sadi. Sadi, take a bounce, go for a run. Um, did which, nothing. Which dis- nothing. Which discombobulates the field, hmm. and we weren't doing any of that. Look, I hope that we were keeping a lot of tactical That's what and it felt structural like. power. That's drive. what it felt like. Um, the other thing is, I would have loved to have seen us win the toss and kick with the wind in the first quarter because that advantage that Sydney got it just turned the game. Into- was there a toss? Oh, who knows? But but the point that they kicked with the wind in the first quarter and took advantage of it, all credit to them, and there were some good plays in that first quarter. Um, and even then they kicked their last two in the last, like, 90 seconds as well. You know, we, we, we could have been well and truly within touching distance with a little bit of luck. And then it rained, and the game changed a little bit after that. So it was just – there was a very, very big advantage Early afforded on. to Sydney, but taken by Sydney at the yep. same time. Um, How that, did it feel, Tim? Because I know you wanted to you, – you're loving, loving your bloods. Yeah. I, I watched it on replay, so I knew what had happened. Yeah, the I'd half, seen half the scarf. Yeah, so, the so ones you get at the, you know, the, at, like, like the Champions League, yeah. like Real Madrid, Liverpool scarf. It was like Carlton v Sydney, Blacktown, yeah. February 27th. The Davis Cup. <laughs> They've got one of them, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the more prestigious now, oh, oh, yeah. ever since old mate PK ruined the Davis Cup. Who's PK? The footballer, Gerard. How did he ruin his Davis Because he Cup? bought it. He bought the rights to the Davis Cup, or as the Americans call it, the Davis Cup. <laughs> <laughs> so why did he buy a tennis tournament? Because he wanted to sort of rectify it because it was waning in popularity and sort of influence and prestige. So he wanted to kind of rectify it. And in the end, I think, unfortunately, it's just a bit like anything. It's just outstayed its welcome and it's a bit like state of origin. The the game has just sort of moved beyond it and there's so many tournaments nowadays that have just seen lost his, his place. <laughs> indoor soccer league that he's... Yeah, he's, a, he's an entrepreneur, but he's a bit of a shit one. Like, it's probably lucky that he's... I mean, his marriage has fallen apart with Shakira. I love how she wrote a song and basically she called herself a Ferrari. Yeah. yeah you left... You, you got rid of a Ferrari for a... Like what, a Fiat Panda or whatever. something. Whatever. So just... Well, for the argument's sake, it wasn't a Fiat Panda, but just say it was a Fiat Panda. He turns up... The next day, after it's made the headlines in the news, blah, 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 he's gone out and bought a Fiat Panda, <laughs> driven it to training. Although <laughs> <laughs> well, he's just like, I do that shit. He does like, I'm going to drop 30 grand for it. For, for a care. gag of all I'm, gags. I'm, I'm going to own it. <laughs> you know what the funny thing about that is? He would have heard the lyrics and opened like carsales.es. <laughs> I mean like, fuck, I've got to find one in Barcelona. Because <laughs> there's their one. Because there's one that's got low miles. He goes, fuck, I've got to buy it. Um, we're going to talk now a bit about depth because that one was my lady owner, yeah, <laughs> Shakira. Um, so my my concerns, probably too strong of a word, out of the practice matches was, um, and I might have mentioned this on the episode we did last, but I just worry about our depth a little bit because so we bring in Acres and Acres alone as a ready to go option. Obviously, Holland's Cowan, old mate Jaja, and uh, Lemmy. You're going to go with it. It's Wheelie. Even the club have have come out and said it's Wheelie. Jar Jar Bins is not going to stick 
Jar Jar Bins is better than Wheelie Bins. No, no, Wheelie Bins is the one. Well, it's Wheelie's very simple and and an easy go-to. I think Jar Jar is more clever. Thank you. But I think there is a generation of people that don't know who Jar Jar Binks is. What? And he's very forgettable. (laughs) Jar Jar Binks is the most hated character in cinema history. Everyone knows who Jar Jar Binks is. Yeah, I, I get that, but... No one's interested in him. Miss some more pieces. No, you know what he is? He's he's sort of the embodiment the embodiment of crushing disappointment, even though public perception has come back around to those movies somewhat in recent years. They're not amazing, but they're not as bad as they were probably made out to be at the time. Um, But those guys come in, they're not necessarily ready to go. But what we were hoping our improvement would come from was Williams, McGovern, Marchbank, Martin, Cunningham. Yeah. So guys who we were injured, largely... Injured, 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 unavailable. <laughs> so all these guys who we're paying reasonable wedge to that didn't play really much footy last year who would make us a better team, the rationale would have been, so Acres comes in, but we're actually all, it's the classic, like a new recruit, we're actually also going to get much more out of upgrades, yep. A, B, C, D and E, who we can't with any certainty sit here and say that we will. I'm more bullish on the fact that McGovern will be oh, available I think, I think than, he's fine. than Jack, than Jack Martin. I Jack Martin could do a calf. Him, I would have liked him to have a bit of touch. Doing number twos in the morning. We did have another lookalike with Jack Martin. Bit of Vinny Chase. Yes. Bit of Vinny Chase. You said you'd have it at the ready. You kidding? I am Queens Boulevard. <laughs> so whenever Jack Martin does something Hold good, on. That's why you're a star. So we'll either play. You have to watch this show, Timbo. So whenever Jack Martin comes up, Jack Martin's got. We need people to get back to us. We can either go with that, or or that. The other one's sharper. So there are our two options for Jack Martin's sound bites. Um, I think the other one's. You kidding? I am Queens Boulevard. He is Queens Boulevard. When they made it in colour. Yes, great. Ah, these pieces of shit. So Jack Martin looks a bit like Vinny Chase. Can't say I'm saying it. Please. Vinny Chase, he played... He was in The Devil Wears Prada? Yeah. He He was in Drive Me Crazy with with, uh, uh, Melissa Joan Hart. He did a Mentos commercial. He did a Mentos commercial, he did. He was in uh, Ferrari, he was in uh, Scorsese's Gatsby... (laughs) He was in. Uh, what else he was. He was in the. What was his name? He was in Head On with Jessica Alba. He was. He was in he was the, Aquaman, of course, one of the highest-grossing films of all time at that point yeah, in time. Take that, Spidey. Yeah. Um, he was in the um, the guy with the tattoos on he his. He was neck. in that uh, Cassavetti's movie. Cass- Nick Cassavetti's he was movie. In that Cassavetti's movie. I can't remember the title of that one. He, of course, he made Hyde. That was a cleaned up of the Golden Globes. <laughs> Johnny Drummer won best supporting was, actor. Yeah. Um, Cal- lost, lost Ari his job. Let's not. Uh, no, see, um, Jeremy Fevin was talking about people always asking him about Ari Gold and he was sort of playing up to it going, I'd be happy to do something. As an it. actor, like obviously you would love to get more roles and spread your range and whatever. He will forever be synonymous with that role. He will be Ari Gold. Well, he was the character too that in Entourage was like, and TV shows evolved like this, supporting and then very quickly became the man, became the, man the star of the show. Um, it's like The Simpsons. Yeah, Simpsons well, was all about Bart, and then it's like, no, no, Homer's Home is the ha- best. Homer's the best yeah. one here. Yep. South Park's done that. Randy, Randy Marsh. Is he the one with the mo? Yeah, he's Stan's dad. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they sort of realised partway through that this guy's maybe the funniest character on the show. <laughs> uh, he's ended up putting some real gold together. Um, so as, just with our depth, as I said, the, the concern I have is that we were hoping to improve based on those additions, and at the moment we can't with any certainty say 
they're going to actually be able to give us anything. And, and obviously compounded by Boyd and Cottrell having long-term injuries as well. Mm. Um, you know, Williams we know, but you know, he's not playing again this year. The other two might. Um, and it probably does mean that um, we will see a lot more of Cowan and Hollands than we originally thought that we might. But on on the evidence that has been put before us, you're going, well, they probably would have given themselves that shot anyway. So I think, think Cowan, I think I think Oric and Hollands might be the sub. With Oric, his running ability, any time he comes in, he will add something. I reckon Cowan is the closest. I agree. To a and, and the million dollar question is, where does Chincotta sit? And I think you and I are probably in furious agreement that he seems to be the magnet that has replaced the man that's gone down, but it doesn't mean that he's stepped up in front of other players that were closer to that role. Well, I it's imagine just, we'll, he's just a bit like-like. We're going to revisit the depth chart shortly, and I imagine that you would have others, Williams would drop out, and then others have just shuffled up. Correct. Yeah. That, that That's what I'm saying, is it's Chincotto doesn't, he doesn't crack the 10. Williams, no. no. Um, I've got the note here, mentality. We talk about it a lot. We'll probably continue to talk about it a lot, to be honest. The less we talk about it, the better. Correct. But uh, we're going to talk about it here again. You know, I think that this list of player has underperformed or underproduced now um, for a couple of years. But the fact of the matter is this. At the elite level, sport, competition, whatever it might be, uh, particularly those that have salary caps and equalisation levers involved, the margins between being something or not, winning everything or nothing, can be infinitesimal. Um, and as Al Pacino would tell you, the inches we need are everywhere around us. So the point I've got here is that every team in the league, every single team in the AFL has good players. Oh, absolutely. Some clearly more than others. Yep. Yeah? But what separates the best from their rivals, particularly at the pointy end, is metal, it's belief, it's confidence. It's Timbo making this weird it's gesture meshing. with his it's hands. It's meshing, yeah. Yeah. It's Marbo. It's, it's, the vibe. it's the vibe. Terrible movie. Um, so I'd written, this, I'd written this bullet point before Liverpool beat Man United 7-0. <laughs> but it's actually become... <laughs> I thought that wouldn't get a run it's actually become at all. More, we don't hide, Timbo. We don't hide. It's actually become more relevant. Can you hide on the top of the table or...? To contextualise the point that I'm going to make. You and Ash can go fuck yourself, so, honestly. Fucking uh, Arsenal fans just need to relax. Everything's like just just awesome. on Twitter. Just relax, no, because everything's a witch hunt against them. Is it them. true that Ed Sheeran wrote everything is awesome? I had no idea. I heard that rumor at the Ed Sheeran concert on Friday night. I don't know if it's true. I, I That's don't the rumor. Really, I mean, mate, like United's loss to Liverpool, like our loss to Collingwood and Melbourne, whatever. You sit here and you ask yourself, what does it mean? And you go, we actually don't know what it means. And it means as much as the players let it mean. Yeah. So United play again on Friday morning and there's an immediate opportunity to kind of bounce back and put it right and all that kind of stuff. We start our season next year. This year. Men, um, next week. So belief, mentality, all that kind of stuff should be the absolute forefront, forefront of their mind because we need to first and foremost pick ourselves up. Yeah. And put that result behind us and make a statement. There is a reality where we open the season Richmond-Geelong and seven months of burning are put to rest in 200 minutes of football. Can I, what do they call it? Play, the, play devil's advocate? Yeah. I think seven months extinguishes any flame. I think Real Betis are in for an almighty shellacking on Friday because it's fresh. 
in the United cycle. See, for it's, it's us, there. it needs to be. Whereas, I, I agree. Yeah, I know, but it's been a, such a long time. Like, I agree. If we played, what if you can see in two the first weeks after? Seconds? Well, you worry. I'll slap you, silly. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree with what he's saying. I look at our group and I sort of go, "Does it hurt you enough? Does it hurt you like it should? Does it hurt so bad? Like it'll it'll like, show. It'll show early. Hundred percent. And show it needs early. to show. There needs to be a statement. And I don't mean bashing blokes up. I just mean intensity, method, hmm. execution. And, and realistically... And you could have all that and we could lose. Yeah. Because if you're Damien Hardwick, what's the message? Get into them. They've, they've fallen at the final hurdle. They might be brittle. They're flaky. Test them out. They're flaky. Test them out. And we said this last year. Test them out and the whole football world will be watching. Mate, we said this last year. And they may have nothing. That's the narrative. The narrative yeah. around Carlton is they're flaky. They're not up for it. They don't have it. And it doesn't change until we make it change. Correct. And so I use the United stuff where you go, what does it mean? Going, I don't know what it means. Yeah. And we won't know what it means until we play mm. again. It's a huge opportunity next Thursday, though. And going like back to your enormous. ridiculous comment about what about if we concede in the first nine seconds? No, no, well, if, I, no, but if that happens, then you, you will see what it means. No, it means that it's fucking broken us. Yeah, yeah. This, and, no, no, and, but and even then, I, you've still got time all to I rebound. Wanted to no, no. Say was yeah, if there's an early goal, what will happen? And then I just no, sort of then, the parallel of the nine second. Even goal then, was that's kind a more that's a more interesting that's a more interesting way to look at things too. Because even then, you've got time. Yeah, well, this is true too. You've got yep. time to go. Okay, well, here we go. No, I was talking about United conceding no, in the I first agree. nine seconds. No, I understand. So I, I. I understand what he was saying. Um, yeah, it was pretty clear what he was talking about. <laughs> but but even then, you go, okay, no, no you've, you've, you've talked the talk. Baby. You've mm. talked the talk all week. You've, we've got to put it right. And you've spoken about it internally and it wasn't good enough. You've owned the result. Going, well, now what do you do? So for us, it's the same thing. And I made the note here. I spoke to Fab about this a couple of weeks ago that I found that in, in you know, just United from my perspective, you probably got it from a Niners perspective, et cetera, all of us in here. All these successful teams or teams that have had successful runs – have all come off an exercise the demons moment. Yep. And from a United point of view, you know, you look at it, 92-93, they frittered away the league the year before. They should have won it. They The last first division, they didn't win it. And almost a year to the day that they frittered it away at Anfield, they have the legendary comeback against Sheffield Wednesday. Two goals beyond 90 minutes. Gives them the win that just about gives them the title. And if you lose that, the wheels probably fall off. And what happens from there? So you look at that in isolation – um, you look at 95, 96, they come off the disappointment of the year before, losing the title on the last day. Newcastle are playing brilliant football. They're 10 or 12 points ahead. If anyone's familiar with the game where United go to Newcastle and get fucking battered, battered all day long, Schmeichel's ridiculous. Hostile crowd, Newcastle are up for it. And they're the title slipping away from them. Eric Cantona steals in the back post, scores the only goal of the game. And it was this, you just have to find a way to win the match. Yep. It didn't. No one's going to look in seven days' time, ten days' time, ten years' time and go, yeah, they won, but they got fucking battered. Mm. It doesn't matter. No. The yep. record book show a win. That'll be reserved for a podcast. That'll be reserved for a podcast. An AFL football team. 98-99. 98-99, what was the moment the year before? The Mark Overmars. Mark oh. Overmars at Old Trafford scores the winner for Arsenal that wins them the league. Yeah. They go on to do the double. They go on to do the double. And then the next year... They have the legendary semi-final replay at Villa Park. Schmeichel saves the last-minute penalty. Giggs scores the ridiculous goal. Roy Keane got sent off. And you go, whoever won that game wins the lot. They had the exercise, the demon moment, and they took it. 
And that's just from a United perspective. Everyone listening who follows another team's probably got a litany of examples they can mm. think of in their own mind. Those teams had that moment of metal where they went, You've got to overcome. We have to overcome something. The Bulls. They have to put something right. The Bulls had the Pistons. We have to put something right. We have to correct something. And for us, it's the last 90 seconds against Collingwood. We're going to kill them. We're going to murder them. (laughs) But this this has to be the attitude. The attitude, and it's not by them, I don't mean Richmond. I don't mean Collingwood. I mean No, I mean Richmond. Don't talk about murdering and Richmond. (laughs) No, don't. Because Sean got into a lot of trouble last year. Thank you. Why? I mean, mean, to be honest. I mean, to be honest, you think about it. I just had a Carlton, just remembered a Carlton one off the top of my head. You even think about 95. They have the legendary, the drag them out, one of the all-time great forgotten home and away wins against Geelong. The two-pointer at Princess Park. Princess Park. Three, was it? I reckon it's three points. I thought it was two. And that was a, that was an exercise, the Demons moment from the semi-final the year before. Mm. Of a, you, We're not going to believe them. Yeah, they're playing good footy, but we're not going to believe them until they do it. But that, ga- that game and being so close, you know Geelong went into that grand final favourites? Yeah, but that was because people liked the story. Yeah, but that's the point I'm making is that 94... We've had this story written <laughs> six years. 93... We want to publish it. 93, we fall over in the grand final. 94, arguably the best team in the competition. Bang, bang, straight out. 95, too old. And they're playing some good footy, but until they do it against... Uh, until they do it against these guys, until they actually produce, we're not going to believe it. And the team went out full of hard-nosed, grizzled, fucking champion players and got it done. And you know what it did? They beat along mid-year... And then when they got to the big dance, they realised, oh, we can beat them. They went out and fucking murdered them because they'd gotten over, they'd already done it. The mentality of the piece, they'd already done it. So my point is that we have to exercise the demons. We have to. We couldn't double up and beat Richmond for a second time last year. My hope was we've done them once. This iteration of these mm. two teams, we've passed them. Yeah. We couldn't do it again. That's it. I'm not... I agree with everything you say. Like the great Spurs, that great pot. I don't think that that needs to be encapsulated into round one. I think it's important. I think what's more important, and a lot of people will, you know, a lot of people might call bullshit on this, but regardless of what happened a fortnight ago, we have to beat Collingwood. It's got to a point, we've been better than them for a while. Yep. And every time we shit ourselves. They know it. All right. The players know it. The fans know it. We need to go and slap those assholes silly. I agree. That's and the, we can. And that's and we and, can. And the, that's the bottom now, mind line. you. I don't. I don't want to be. I don't want to be zero and fucking eight when we play them. But you know, That'd be disastrous. No, but like I just made was going to make the point before that as good as those Poch Spurs teams were, they couldn't get Arsenal. They'd finish above them or they'd whatever. Yeah. They couldn't. They'd have yeah. these head to heads, and it was almost like. You're going to believe us. We can beat them. We're going to believe us. Like I saw someone post that fantastic goal that Harry Kane scored. It might have been the last derby at White Hart Lane. And I remember watching the game. It was electrifying. He scored a ludicrous goal. It was like, you drew. It was a two-all draw. Yeah. Go, you didn't beat them. Going, that was the difference. You couldn't do well, Spurs it. You couldn't... Go- Spurs' golden generation have not won but you, a single thing. You couldn't get it done. And that's the thing for us where I look at us and I think, you know, um, the clock is ticking and – you guys need to start producing. You need to start showing it. You need to start getting these results that have eluded us for so long for whatever the reasons might be. And at the moment, I think the reason is you don't believe. You don't believe you're better than. 
You don't believe you can, yeah, in a straight fight we can beat these lot. You don't believe it for whatever the reason might be. And that and that's the joy of opportunity is it's there and whatever they're talking – like if, if they're building it up too much behind closed doors, it could get too much for them on the night. But I think if we start well – and I like, and that's just in game as well as in season. If we start well and get a bit of belief, you know, and again we were eight and two, and you know there should have been belief on the back of that. But then we did have a very hard run, and we got injuries. But I just think there's an opportunity there to to prove to yourself we've taken a step, maybe not the step, but a step. We're better than we were, and we're improving. And you know, if we get a little bit of luck along the way, um, mentally the benefit to this group, I think, is massive. Like, it's just, it's a huge opportunity. If they, if they can galvanise on the back of what they've been through and what they've promised and start delivering, it gets exciting. Um, do we want to talk about some brief stuff about who we need to stand up? Who we need to stand up? Yeah. Uh, who we need to stand up for our football team. I, I Honestly? I, I set the bar high on a few. All of them. Yeah, well, yeah, I get on what I've Take seen... Take away Cripper. yeah. Take away Weeders, take away Walshy when he when he returns, and probably you could put Charlie away. Everyone else has something to show. Yeah, I, I need Lewis Young to get back to the form of the last five games of the season from out of the gate. That's what yeah. I. That's I, and and I've long said I'm. I don't think there's a bigger Mitch McGovern fan than me. I might I, be over here. I want to see him. I just want to see him explode. So you Charlie gets a pass, Cripper need... gets a pass, Walsh gets a pass. I've got Triple Weeders. M. Triple M need to stand up. Oh, no doubt. Hmm? McGovern, Marchbank. Oh, no, but I think everyone out of those four needs to. Who's the fourth? Charlie, Cripper, Weeders, and Walsh. Walshy. Apart from that, everyone else has fluctuated at, at some point last year. Hmm. And I want to see them all. Charlie, Sardi, Charlie was throw, all, probably throw Sardi. He Charlie was, he was, was goalless against Richmond last year and then kicked a goal in every single game for the rest of the season. Mm. He needs to start with a bag. Um, I've got the note here for Jesse Motlob, and it's another Manchester United note. So Sir Alex, I think it was 06, 07, famously the anecdote is he went to Ronaldo and said, you don't score enough. He said, you're so talented, you don't score enough goals. Playing wide, fair enough. But we need you to score. I think the number. I, I think the number was twelve, and he, they had a bet. The two of them had a bet because you got. To, I want you to score twelve or more goals. And what the bet was, who knows? It was probably nothing. It was probably just something silly between the pair of them. We need to coax that selfishness and awareness out of Motlop that you are the most talented small forward on the list. You need to kick more goals. Get hungry. Get hungry. And recognise that there'll be some occasions where he will be too hungry. Mm, and he'll burn someone. And he'll burn to, people. Yeah, yeah. But we need to get, get it fucking drilled into him that you're the guy we need, mate. We need you to kick 30 goals minimum. Yeah. Minimum. I can see it. Oh, There's something about Jesse. We the need, way that I, he finished the season and the way that he's looked pre-season and the talent that he's got, he's just... He doesn't have that prototypical indigenous frame. You know that they're very slight, very like very he's, he's not unquick, but they're they're all slight, quick, mm. you know, tricky, light and rangy. And he's this bloke's 
looked like he could go through a fucking brick wall. Built like a cannonball. Jesus. Yeah, a little stocky machine. But, but they need to coax out of him some selfishness, more goals. Like The difference for us, if he can kick 35 goals, be enormous. He and, kicks 35. And be an absolute excitement machine too. We've won the flag. Well, 35, to be f- frank... Is not a lot of goals for a guy that we expect to play every week. When you got Harry, forward. when you got Harry and Charlie in front of two Coleman medalists, it's like geez, thirty-five. That's that's Harry a blow bar. I don't know what it looked like on TV, but Harry took the piss out of Collingwood. They can talk about Darcy Moore all they want. The Darcy Moore doesn't go near the most dangerous. Forward. Yeah, he was on Billy Frampton was on him. There was a, remember the one the contest where he had five of them on him. Yeah, they didn't know what to do. Speaking he just, of, um, he just jumps at it very, honestly. and that's why Charlie's gonna. Nom, 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 nom. He's going to feast out the back. Speaking of Harry, I think we need Harry to stand up. We need him to get a bit angrier. Uh, 45 goals last year, that's unders. I don't yeah, know he missed yeah. a couple games. He missed yeah. three games, but 45 goals is unders. Um, we need him to get a bit more aggressive and be a bit more of a you-know-what down forward Which for us. he was in his younger days. Yeah. And he's kind of... Mellowed. Tempered. Mellowed. He's mellowed with age. Maybe he just needs to be slapped pre-game. Yeah, Maybe. I don't know what he needs to do, but he needs to just get. Who's that NFL player who had to get like basically assaulted in the change rooms pregame just to psych himself, psych himself up? Wasn't Brian Bosworth? Was it the Boz? The Boz. <laughs> I haven't seen that doco. There's something about it. That's pretty good. Yeah, okay. it's a strange cat. And very, you know, it was the era though. It was the '80s and flamboyance and all that sort of stuff. But God it's, knows what he was taking. Oh, t- can you imagine? What wasn't he taking? It was like the uh, that New York Mets where they were just popping. They all were. It wasn't just the Mets. They're just popping amphetamines before a game. Just Daryl Strawberry you and see, all that. Daryl Strawberry sitting as the ball's like a beach ball. That's <laughs> coming at you. <laughs> Which I find funny because you look at their records and you're like, you're the best team. But like you weren't hitting 400. No. You were hitting like 280. No one's ever hit 400, have they? Um, Ted Williams was the last player to hit 400. It's playing against, what is it? The 12-year-old Dominican kids who were... Um, train wreck. Train wreck. Oh, no. I'm it's Colin Quinn. He goes, yeah, Babe Ruth. Because there are 12-year-old Dominican kids who are better than Babe Ruth. Pretty good if you never have to play against a black man. Uh, that was bench warmers. They brought the Dominican guy in and said that said he was, was 12. 12. <laughs> he gave the referee <laughs> a note, <laughs> I am 12. He had like a 20 in <laughs> on or something. a $50 note or whatever it was. And yeah. he was just hitting huge home runs. Drinking tequila. And <laughs> <laughs> it was very good. He was the Mexican guy in the first Transformers film. Was he? That's the only other thing I've seen him in. Um, what were we talking about? I don't know. Ted Basically. Williams. Yeah, Ted Williams, the last player to hit 400. 400. Deion Sanders saw the documentary. Tony Gwynn might have hit 400, but there was a strike short in the season. He was on track. Um, Didn't he play Herman Munster? Tony Gwynn. <laughs> that no. was Fred Gwynn, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I watched the interview that Deion Sanders did with old mate Shannon Sharp. Yep. Um, prime time. And he, he asked, prime, what an athlete, right? One of, one of the... One of the greatest dual athletes you will ever see. This is a bloke, only bloke in history who has caught a touchdown and hit a home run in the same week. Only player. Hit a home run or got on base? No, hit a home run and scored a touchdown in the same week. Now, they asked him, so Shannon Sharp asked him, he goes, Dion, what's the you know, easiest sport? You know, what do you find the easiest set? Well, football. He goes, you know, naturally talented, I felt. It could have been a... Hall of Famer playing a wide receiver, let alone behind the ball as a corner. Yeah. Um, and he said, "What's the hardest?" He goes, "He goes baseball." 
He goes, any sport where you could fail seven out of ten times and you're an all-time great, he goes, hey, that's a pretty hard sport to play. Yeah. More than that, I think it's the men- – we talked about mentality earlier. Yeah. People you, you might not slumps. like baseball, but you need to appreciate how difficult – well, you get in slumps and you get in it, ruts. It is. You, you just, you hit, there's nowhere to hide. You're in the lineup and you're hitting again. Yeah. And if you don't, you're down. Yeah. You're hitting 300. So you're hitting three out of every 10. You are having a ripping season. Yeah. Well, Ted Williams, I think, I can't remember. It was maybe, I don't know if it was the 41 or something, uh, the last year before the war for the Yanks. He's the last player to hit 400. Jesus. 70 odd years ago. Wow. By the way, 400, 300. The Americans' insistency on... I suppose baseball it works because you're having so many at-bats that it makes sense to go the, to the, the fourth. Going to the third decimal yeah, places. It makes yeah. fine for me. Um, Pitto? We need to lift out of Pitto. Yeah, he's going to be an interesting one this year because... I didn't see much of the Sydney game, but he looks sluggish Yeah, from looked, what I saw. All eyes are on TDK for um, all manner of reasons. Um, and oh. so Pitto can come along a little bit softly, softly in behind it. But just to see what our balance is, how they work with one another, what role he can we brings. play the two of them? I think we have to. The answer is no, we can't, but we will. <laughs> yeah, I think we have to. Yeah, because as much as I love Jack and everything that he's been able to do, and he's he's fought admirably in a role that he shouldn't be playing, I think I think we need to find the balance between De Koning and Pitto. The problem is that. Deconing is more versatile in when he's not playing in the ruck, you can put him somewhere else. But Pittenet, you can't. No, that's right. So if we're playing the two of them, we're effectively playing two people to do the job of like one and a th- – it's like a knocked up because one and a, th- a third. You guys are going to hope that there's a black midget in the, in the line. <laughs> remember the Craig Robinson? Remember that line? And he said, I can only let in like whatever the percentage was, 12% black people. Yeah. Yes, I gotta hope there's a black midget in the, the line. It's very, very funny. Craig Robinson, very funny man. But the point being, they don't do the job of two people. No. So the issue there is that we're shorthanded, I fear, when they both play, and they will play both of them. They're both not a number one ruckman. No, they're not. By AFL standards. No, they're not. And and I think I think one of the levers to pull is if there is a, a a tactical substitute to be made, then in the final quarter of a game when you want a little bit more run, you take one of them off. It's probably more likely going to be Pitto coming off. Yep. You bring your run on, whether that's an Ollie Hollands or whatever else, and then if in the last quarter Jack has to pinch hit here and there, well, you're still doing it, but at least then... Cause, and, and the other thing is I think Gorn and Grundy... And, and that experiment of having two number ones playing with one another and seeing where they, how they go... <laughs> I found, sorry, I found will, ...will be fascinating. Because if it works, does it become the prototype that others try and follow I, as well? I, because I, we are a copycat league. I don't see it working. And, I'm, and I'll probably sorry, get proven wrong. what don't you see working? I wasn't paying attention. Gorn and Grundy. So he basically says he's only allowed to let in 5% black people, so that means if there's 25 people in the line, I get to let in one and a quarter, so I've got to hope there's a black midget. <laughs> <laughs> He's a very funny man. Um, yeah, Pitto and DeConning, I think, between them need to figure out their dynamic and we need to figure out what's going on because the rumblings are only getting louder about DeConning. We're in no position to pay him. Can he sit behind the ball? Well, th- that's the point I made during the game last week. Well, he doesn't take enough marks. Was he's not? He's no, no. no Pitt, I don't think Peter could do anything. So DeConning, his issue is he's not getting in front of the two, the Kraken brothers. Yep. Clearly. 
Um, he's not a number one ruckman. So we've been crying out for someone who can help out weeders and young as an interceptor. Is it him? Is it so obvious it's ridiculous or is it just ridiculous? It has to. We have to try it. We have to try it. And everyone – and they're, like, they're different people. So just because his brother has gone back and been an intercept marking machine for Geelong doesn't mean, oh, yeah, just play him down No, here. it doesn't. Not at all. But it's like they, they clearly want to commit to playing the guy. And at the moment you're like, well, in the two positions that best fit him, he isn't number one. I see not- he, We're in a lose-lose situation with him. Well, one of the best friends of the pod, Jay Hyde, has just posted the rumour going around is that Sydney's going to offer him an eight-year contract. That's probably good for us. That triggers a first-round draft pick. Thank you. If he but, has but a break... He's not, it, he's not if, a free agent. He's no, just no. out of contract. If he's out of contract, we're going to get... Uh, what was he, 16? Compensation. He was 16, wasn't he? Draft. So 17, yeah, yeah, so we get compensation, do we not? Why? Oh, he's one year short. He's, what do you, I don't get what you're saying. He's not a free agent. He's one year he's short. He's out of contract. So they have to trade for him. That's why we were saying if you trade, you trade at the end of last yeah, season. Yeah, you trade him last year. So now he is going to play regardless, good, bad or otherwise, at the end of the season. So that's why I'm saying we're in a lose-lose situation. If Agreed. he has a breakout year, yeah. we almost can't afford him. That's right. And if he plays shit, then we're going to – and the whole I, experiments. I, think he signs, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he signed a one. Well, I was going to say, for us, signing a one means he gets to free agency and then he can go wherever he wants on however much coin he wants. You just don't want him to get injured. And what is his agent going to say to him? I still reckon we should have made a play for Goldstein last year. I don't disagree. Um, do you have no more guys that we need to get more out of before we move on to the depth chart? No. Good. Well, when I've listed everybody, so except for five. Yeah, it was an extraordinary yeah. way for you to interpret that segment. Um, depth chart, we're going to revisit now. So again, in lieu of a best 22 or 23 for this year, that seems a bit old hat. We've got to do a top six in each category. Uh, we basically pick a ruckman and then four sundry options to support them. Are we? Have we figured out what? No, we... no. We, we went with six midfielders and we ha- chose the ruck separately. That's how we went last year, did we not? No, I don't know what we ended up doing. No, but you go with you take the top six backs, mids, and forwards. Yeah, and, and then, then we've we... got four on the bench and a sub. Yeah. So the idea was you can pick the the next sundry options make up your the composition of your bench and ruck. Okay. We happy with that? Yep. Let's go. Happy. So, I've gone for, in terms of what we had last time, do we need a refresher than what we had last yeah, time? Yes, yellow out. I've got them. Backs, Weeders, Saad, Doc, Gov, Young, Williams, Newman, Marchbank, Boyd, Plowman. So, I have gone for, Williams is gone. Yeah. So, this is available. We, is that no, right? No, it's just a depth <coughs> chart. But I'm putting Williams' out for the year, so there's no point in me okay. putting him on the – I didn't put – you can have him in the depth chart if you want him in the depth chart. No, I've put him at 15. Yeah, he can be wherever. So what that has done for me is Newman and Marchbank move up from 7 and 8 to 6 and 7. Yeah, I've got Nick Newman going up into the top six. Yep. So I've got Weeders, Doc, Sard, Gov, Newman and Young. Yeah, whatever. I've got uh, Theo Vaughn enters at 8. Boyd and Plough stay where they are. Well, what about Boyd, though? He's not entirely available either. Yeah, but there's a little bit more vagary around him. Does Does Kemp get into your top ten? Absolute then? Kemp. Did Kemp even fucking play? A little bit. Did he? Was he even cited in this preseason? I can't even Look, remember anything that he's done. Seven, eight, nine, ten. I've got Plough, Marchbank, Chincotta, Cowan. 
you got Chincotta in the 10. Yeah. And outside that, I've got Kemp, Durden, Akui, Boyd and Williams. Mm, okay. Do we want to go... How long is Jordan Boyd out for? Don't know. Well, he's re-broken his foot. So I've just... So he and Zach are, are just out of contention. Okay. Are we happy with this? I think I've, I've found, a, found a solution. So yep. the top five is unchanged. Weedering, Sard, Doc, Gub, Young. Newman goes up one. Marchbank goes up one. Theo Vaughan enters at eight. Plough goes up one to nine. And Chincotta comes in at ten. Look, I'm happy yep. for it. I think Ploughman's ahead of Chincotta and, and Theo. But I think if you're picking a team, oh, shit, who are we looking at? Well, we've got Plough. Yeah, see, Plough's there. Plough's at nine. Yeah. But I'm saying I'd have him at seven. Or we don't really care about the numbers outside. Well, the numbers outside of that are kind of ugh, whatever. It's okay. horses for courses. Okay. We happy with that, Timbo? Yeah, I'm happy with that. Excellent. Mids was Cripps, Walsh, Hewitt, Chera, Kennedy, Akers, Lobb, <laughs> Cotters, Cunners, Dow. I have gone for Dow and Cotters drop out. Hollands comes in at eight. Ed Kerno comes in to ten. Yeah, it's Ed's been 10. good. I've got I've got Cottrell at eight, Hollands at nine, Ed at ten. What do you reckon, Tim? Yeah, that sounds about right. Because I don't think anyone – the first seven do not change. So where have you got Hollands? I've got Hollands at nine, Ed Kuno at ten. Who have you got at seven? Lock. I've got Lockie O'Brien. You've got Lockie O'Brien at seven. Yeah. Okay. And it's, you know, in whatever order, Cripps, Walsh, Chera, Kennedy, Hewitt and Akers, I don't, that, that hasn't changed from last no. year. And, and what did we think of the little bit that we saw of Dow? Is that – he, he just goes back to the twos now and just plies should've his left. craft. Should have left. Yeah, should have left. Should have left. He should have. It's a. Uh, well, it's not really a Beyonce song because it's to the left. To the left. To the left. But he should have left. Yeah. It's, it's a nice work. Bit of weird owl about that from from yourself. Yeah. Um. So oh, look, are we happy with? Is uh, Harry all... Potter playing Weird Al in a? It's already happened, mate. That movie's been out for months. Oh, sorry. It's uh not bad. It's a bit silly. It kind of, I keep saying it. I probably spoke about it on the pod, I reckon. It's another one of those music bios that's worse off for the walk hard Dewey Cox. If Dewey Cox didn't exist, it'd be a lot better than it is, but it's Dewey Cox has already aped all of those things. But you know Dewey Cox only exists in a world in which like it seems like you've seen it. But no, it's, a lot not of really, it's not really that if you've seen Walk Hard the Dewey Cox story and you think Fab who loves his music bios should watch it, please tweet. Do you know what Fab. I haven't seen? And I have to I keep saying I have to see it. I have to see it. I haven't yet to see Ray. Yeah, I mean, he's very good in it. Jamie? Would you put that above Walk the Line? Um, Which is, I've got Walk the Line at number two. I do like Walk the Line. No, nah, Walk the Line's a better movie than Ray. Yeah, I agree. You know that. what? It's not better then. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> La Bumba's still the number La Bumba number. is one of the worst movies oh, ever Oh, you seen. are kidding yourself. Hey, Richie Valens has made the Wall of Fame. I did spot that before. And uh, the Big Bopper, of course. That's the famous... The last poster before last their, the last gig, before they got in the little little airplane and uh, dead, all of them. Yeah. All yeah. of them dead. Dead. Big Bopper, Tim? Chantilly lace and a pretty face. Richie Valens, Tim? And Tim. Well, you, just, you, you got one word to say, Tim. Buddy Holly, Tim? Buddy Holly, yeah. Give me a word. Give me a word. Oh, he's useless. He's fucking useless. He, you need a globe. You need a globe trotter style preseason. Yeah. We are giving you the biggest. What's the one thing that binds all of those? The aeroplane and 
<laughs> There'd be people yelling at their radios. And dead. Dead. <laughs> All of them. All it would have been dead. good when we said Richie Valens. Dead. Big Bopper. <laughs> dead. Uh, Buddy it's Holly. It's serious dead. because it's very important. Babe. Dion wasn't on that airplane too, was he? No, very... no, but Dion and the Belmonts were at for the, the winter festival. It's a very, very important piece, that joke good from thing. the podcast. Yes. You know I did add to the... To, um, the day the music died. It was. Great. Yeah, I, I do love that uh, connection. Yep. You know what I uh, did add to the soundboard that Fab will like? There's been no opportunity to play this organically, but I will play it just so you know that it's there, okay? We should do a pod where we just okay. play sounds. Just, I'm going to play this clip just so you know that it's on the board. I was hoping okay. that something would come up where I could play it and without prompting. I'm being serious. No, you see, no, you see, I'm talking facts here. I don't do if buts and maybes. I do absolutes. <laughs> you like that one. <laughs> Sadio Mane. Sadio Mane. <laughs> Best player in the world. I'm was, being serious. He was very good at that point in time. Well, That's the true. struggle without him. See, Firmino's leave out. That'll be interesting for them. They needed to replace him anyway, but I suppose they kind of had Gakpo and comes in and... Yeah. What's Diaz obviously isn't playing just at the moment. But they can all fuck themselves. They can. They can all fuck themselves. Um, so I reckon we're going to go with where do we want to put Holland, Cunners, and Ed? Well, I, I think I think honestly, I think Cottrell comes in at eight. I think he's still no. Well, Holland's is eight because Holland's is well, Cottrell's going to be out for a while. All, anyway. Of all those guys we're mentioning, Holland's will actually. I think Holland's plays some part next week, whereas right, the so other Holland's, three don't. All right, so Holland's and Ed go eight and nine. Yeah. And where have you got Cunningham? I don't. I reckon Jack Carroll's out at Cunningham. And I'm not a Jack Carroll fan. Well, Cunners. Cunners, one way or another, is going to be doing four to six weeks worth of rehab on the shoulder, isn't he? So you're not going to see him no. for a while. So beyond Jack Carroll, the Dow Philp. I think Cunningham's bins. a 10. Yep. Yeah, he, wasn't, he, wasn't, he wasn't nine, so he's not in the team. No, no, that's right. So he slipped back to ten. Well, the, fa- the fascinating thing, and obviously... Everyone, <laughs> I think Carroll's ahead of him. Everyone's on a different Carroll didn't arc, do but, anything in pre-season. I know, but Dave Cunningham has done anything for three years. Well, this is true. Lipinski's obviously hurt his shoulder the other day, and Colin was just gone. He's having surgery. And we're did, did, sorry, right. did we have this chat earlier in the podcast? I'm they know what f- they've I'm, got in Patrick no, I'm, I'm no. having a fever dream. Or did we have this no, chat we, earlier? we haven't talked about it. So, so I saw Cunners at the club earlier in the yeah, week no, no, down you, in the you, gym. You messaged him. And I did tweet that. And he was no tape, no tape, no strapping. He was doing some strength work. I think the shoulder's popped. I think they're just trying to build some strength around it. I think it will pop again. It's just a matter of when. And I think that they've, whether it be – Cutters himself or the club speaking to Cutters recognize you got to you got to show something. You spent too long in the rehab group. You got to show Just, something, even yeah. if it's even if it's something, and then it pops. At least you've put a flag back in the ground as to this is what I can bring. Whereas if you have shoulder surgery and you might be done. Or you're going to miss significant football, and you might only just get back toward the end of the year. You might not be in an AFL list. You might not be on a list. You're yeah. totally in limbo. So I reckon they've rolled the dice. I think his shoulder will pop again. It's a matter of when it pops again. Yep. They're doing the classic, getting some strength around it, building that strength back up. It does happen at footy clubs quite regularly. I think that's the position he's in. Don't disagree. Uh, forwards wise, it was Charlie, Harry, Fish, Martin, Jack, Silvani. That is. Yep. Modlop, Owies, Durden, Honey, Fog. I have not altered that. Durds is ahead of Owies. We spoke about this at the time. It doesn't Motlop's ahead of those two? But does it really mm. matter okay. which position Owies? Because I had Cor- I had Corey Durden playing. He's part of the bench, whereas Matt Owies isn't. Is he even fit? No, in the depth. Yeah, okay. Owies Durden. 
This is where we oh, have no, to, we, we have to be pulling injured players out of the depth chart. No, we don't have to be pulling injured players out of the depth chart. You insane man. Well, then I have him at seven because there'd be too much. There'd be too much movement then. We need a bit of movement. Mm, well, <laughs> you always do with a bit of movement. Um, so for forwards, I had no changes just yeah. at the moment. Do you know what? From and I've only seen reports, so you know you can go fab. That's the most ridiculous thing you've ever said. Um, Strong field. Lucky Fogarty goes, but. Behind Harry Lemmy. Apparently, Harry Lemmy looked okay. Where? In the VFL. Well, on, te- on what, on Team Photo Day? No, the, the game after the Collingwood game. Okay. Well, until we see well, it. I think Lockie Fogarty kicked two. Until we see it with our own eyes, I think we, I'm, I'm happy to wait on that. Lockie Fogarty's done. I don't disagree. That's why he's at 10, mate. Lockie Fogarty's had back surgery. Don't care. He's at 10. We're not, we're not, we're not arguing about a guy at four. Yeah. I, go, I just... I just want to see him get a chance to play footy again. You saw it, Tim. He didn't take it. Well, he was playing good footy when he was fit. Slow. Uh, yeah. I, no, think, I, I, I think your your personal connection is clouding your judgment on. Oh, I, but I'm not saying he's going to win the Brownlow Medal. But I, I, all I want. You could write your own ticket to win for him to win the Brownlow. <laughs> I'm sure I could, but I just want to see him get fit, get right, give himself an opportunity. And he may play the whole season out in the twos, but I just think he's got a um, an opportunity to be able to add something. Okay. Yeah, he just needs to have a good attitude and be work his way into that frame. Correct. I don't disagree there. I think there's a long way back for him in the sense of winning that spot off Motlop, Owies, Durden, Jack Silvani, Jack Martin, Fisher, etc. Yep. But... The, I mean, there's always the opportunity while he's on the list. He's just going to have to work really, really hard. And we are always going to get injuries throughout a season. It happens. Why do you do that, Tim? Why do you say that? Like we haven't had enough injuries? No. It happens is my point. Ugh. You've just, Rucks. You've just cursed us. Um, yeah, look, the Ruck situation is an absolute dog's breakfast. Yep. To be honest, it's Pitnet at first Ruck. Yep. It's TDK on the bench or the sub, which is pointless. Yep. And Alex Murkoff in the development league. Yeah, Alex Murkoff's getting <laughs> he's getting close to playing for the old boys somewhere. <laughs> and, Jesus. and where's Hudson O'Keefe? He's Who? he's he's gonna be I don't even know if he plays VFL. He's gonna be doing a hell of a lot of work in the gym. He's a December birthday, so he's really young. Yeah, but is that is that I don't get that. What he's born in December, so No, no, I don't get his elevation. I think that they're having seen Murkov, it's like, oh, <laughs> okay. Jesus Christ. He's, he's, he is a, div- like Murkov now is what, 24? Mm. So a 24 year old development prospect. Timbo, if you're not up and running, but he, he was coming from, he was, he's he coming was, from a long way behind. Yeah. But <laughs> if he's ready to go, he'll be ready to go when he's 27. When he's 27, Hudson O'Keefe will be 21. And he'll have done the work and he'll be ready. He just then needs to play football and he's ready to go at 23. So they're, they're just grooming, bad word these days, grooming you know, the way it's, that it's, they've it's, gone it's, about it. They, they, because, again, if we lose it to Coning and you're left with Pitnet, Murkov and O'Keefe, well, you need something a whole lot better than that to be able to anchor your team around. It is so clearly and obviously our biggest deficiency. Absolutely. I agree. And that's okay. Every every team's going to have a deficiency, though. Let's go and get Ben McKay. 
Well, he's how got a stress reaction. reaction in his feet. How does that well, he fit right in. He can fit right in. How does that fix our ruck issues? doesn't. I just want to get Ben Mackay. Certainly fix our second back issues. Well, if, if, you, if you lose De Koning in the off-season and you've got money to be able to spend on a free agent, you can get Ben Mackay, but how do you replace your ruckman? This is where you just go and get uh, nuts and bolts, Lloyd Meek, you know, Max Lynch. Jared Witts. Jared Witts. Jared Witts is a better player than that. Who's that arsehole from went to, Fremantle? To, um, Darcy. Darcy. Yeah, but you're going to be paying 800 grand to get Who's Darcy. Who's that big bastard from uh, GWS? Bruce. No, I didn't, I didn't say shit. You want bastard. Kieran Briggs. Briggs, big boy. Briggs, hey. Give me Briggs. If you can't ruck, just hit something. Well, see, there's going to be an opportunity there. Someone at GWS. That, that's where you've got to shake the tree, see what falls out. Um, excellent, excellent. So that's a depth chart. There's no change to the forwards group. I'm happy with that. We'll update that and post it. And obviously you can give us your thoughts. Uh, I think that segment's coming along nicely. We might revisit that in four or five weeks. Yep. Uh, there's no mailbox today. No. No mailbox today. So we're just going to go uh, straight to if I can find the clip. Where is it? Oh, no. Have I deleted it by accident? Have I? Hey, you could tell this is a pre-season pod. Sean on the this? old roadcast that has R- been rusty. Horrific. No, no. I've shuffled the Johnny Raincloud um, elsewhere. I've just moved it. I've moved it into position. Do we have any Johnny Raincouds? My absolute optimism for this season sees me not having a Johnny Raincloud at the moment. And I hope I continue through the whole season looking at you going, I don't have a Johnny The Johnny Raincouds aren't always football related. I know, but I'm just – I'm walking on sunshine at the moment. I'm happy. Timbo. Yeah, I just realised that I've got one. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Late <laughs> Sandra Sully. Um, D'Angelo Russell, six missed six games with an ankle injury. Yeah. You've moved Russell Westbrook on. You've be able to brought some. You brought something back in. Didn't, wasn't he originally at the Lakers? Yeah, yeah. He was pick two. He came to us as pick two, but then he was. He got he, ice in his veins and left. Yeah, he no. Nah, he got traded as part of. Uh, Lonzo was traded as part of the. No, he went before that. For Anthony Davis, but yeah, Russell went earlier. In fact, I think I think Russell went when we brought Lonzo in because he was going to play point guard and we moved. And I, and I think at that stage we had Jordan Clarkson playing shooting guard or mm. Kuzma came in or whatever it was. I'll, I'll, I'll get Russell my, was I'll part of that, that crew of Laker players who did nothing and yet, well, Kobe hated them. Kobe was like, these guys have won nothing. Yeah, and yet they were acting like absolute pork chops. But then you had like Julius Randall as well as gone elsewhere. He was there. And and you thought if if you got all these blokes back together now, look at OKC. It'd be a really good team. <laughs> exactly. Okay, right. so you're saying that their drafting was good. It was a bit like when Man United Drafted signed great. Diego Forlan. They just signed him like seven years too early. Yeah. Yep. The eye for talent was good. Yeah. It's like Fitzroy. They didn't get rid of all their players. They actually, had a half decent side. Yeah, they couldn't pay them. They had no the money. Yeah. Uh, so you, what, your issue is D'Angelo Russell's injury? Well, no, I just think the Lakers are going to make a run late in the season, but they'll probably not even make you the plane. You can't win it from the plane. No, no, and that's the thing. Like, like The plane we, is the biggest Westbrook crock of shit. Was, Westbrook was the wrong guy um, for our team. Now they've corrected it a little bit, and what they have right now, if you were able to start the season all over again and launch from where you're at, it'd be pretty good. But Russell is you know, getting over an ankle... LeBron's not playing with a foot, 
Anthony Davis falls over and David Cunningham breaks. is fitter more yeah. often than Anthony Davis. And so Anthony Davis had a 15 game stretch where he was the best player in the league. He absolutely. His best is like he played today and was unbelievable. Granted, you're playing against the Grizzlies without so John Morant. I was going to say, what's the Johnny Raincloud? Yeah, if what was, is the Johnny Raincloud? Yeah. D'Angelo Russell finally got finally got a piece that can fit. If you're going to have an there, NBA, you need the boy to play. If you're going to have an NBA Raincloud, it'll <laughs> Let be the boy play. If I had to have an NBA rank Raincloud, it'd be Jar Morant, who has the potential to be. Yeah, the face of the league. One of the most exciting. He's a dickhead, man. I, th- I think he's a complete fucking dickhead. He's just he sur- he'd be surrounded by dickheads. That'd be his problem. He'd be surrounded by bad influences, bad voices. Mate, you don't need to have a gun on you, let alone pull it on someone. But didn't? But he was doing it in his yeah. But go his go hotel and room watch. And it, that was my outlet. He said, and it's sort of like you're an idiot. You're an like, idiot. Yeah. No, no, but go go and do watch. It. Don't do it on camera. Do it, Travis Bickle's way in the mirror. If you're gonna do it. You, you know, looking at me. If you talking to me, have a moment, Timbo. Go on YouTube and go and see them debated on first take on Undisputed and all these other chat shows they got in the states. It's like not one of them was like, oh, you know, you didn't have to flash it and you didn't have to do. Why have you fucking got a gun? Yeah, that it's country. That, no, that, that country is fucking retarded because no one wants to do it because then the gun lobby comes after you and it's just not a fight that no one wants to fight which is wrong yeah no one wants to be the guy that goes it's ridiculous what are we doing thoughts and prayers next time a mass shooting happens but you can have jar morant who whether he likes it or not is a role model and a very highly visible person in the community acting a fucking idiot with a gun you know yeah what message does it send no worse than the nra and all their cronies have over the last 25 years. Yeah, but you can't fight that idiocy with idiocy. No, 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 I get it. I get it. But I, like, I, I, if I, out, if I, I, I was Nike, I think it's the wrong move completely. And, and he's, it's a dumbass movie, should never have done it. But the fact that they'll crack down on him but won't launch on what the issues actually are at heart, to me, is a bit two faced. Because there's so much, so much that they could do over there if they were serious about it, and they're just not. What is the date? Where is They're the date? They're beyond that little white patch, no? Where the barcode is. Yeah, beneath the barcode. We're on the Sugarless Sea again. The Mate, we are all good. Uh, good. Sea. February 2025. <laughs> hey! Speaking of... Um, this yeah. will be three-time premiership uh, Sonova's Sugarless Vitamin C. Special editions. Time. Speaking of these, which I haven't had these for a while, they'll probably give me the squirts. You know what my Johnny Rain Cloud is? <laughs> of late, Tell me. I get the squirts. I've, I've done a bit of trial and error because uh, I thought initially it might be something else. I think I've developed an intolerance to uh, cheesels. That's devastating. Yeah. Do you know what it is? The heavily, the like the weird corn. Yeah, it might be. No, it is. It was. It was. <laughs> when it comes to bowels, mate, I think I'm. You're basically a proctologist. Um, no, yeah, it was. I was a bit devastated because I had the cheesels and I thought these. Proctologist are, just deals with the asshole. These mate. are great. And You're then, talking about a gastroenterologist. And then I had, uh, you know, then I thought I got the runs and I thought, oh, maybe it was something else mm. or whatever. And then a week or two Did later... you wash your hands yeah. before eating your... Licking avoid, your fingers yes. with your avoid and all that? corn and high fructose corn syrup. And that's uh, a tick yes. and a tick for cheesels. Um, and I've got my eye on I the... I used to have them on Friday night drinks and I used to go home and feel sick and think, oh, maybe it was like the few beers we had. <laughs> the, it wasn't the beers. It was the fucking cheesels. There, there is a story about... Um, and by extension, you'd get the same thing if you have twisties. Thin's chips, I think, are they're on the watch list as well. Oh, God. 
There's a story about Rob DeCostella. When he was at his absolute peak in the early to mid-80s, yep. he um, was the best marathon runner in the world and everyone would watch what he would do. Anyway, he was he always liked a little bit of the body chemistry and all that sort of stuff and work out you know, how, to, how to run the perfect race and what the fuels are. And he experimented with fructose yep. and... Um, and he put it in his drink and all that sort of stuff. Tim, anyway, it gave does, this, does this end with him shitting himself it, during a race? It did. It, so he, <laughs> Gary Lineker style. Yeah, so he shat himself while running. And you know how at the drink stations, how they sometimes give you sponges as well? Mm, yeah. So anyway, he's got the sponge and he's clean, cleaning his legs and all that sort of stuff while he's running and all that sort of stuff. Well, all of the other runners all around the world, from that point onwards, added, you know, washing themselves down <laughs> with sponges during runs, saying, oh, well, this is clearly the way Deke is uh, dominating the marathon world because it's Did they obviously... notice that it was because he'd shat himself? <laughs> well, there was no smell vision in those days, obviously. So, um, but yeah, so uh, hilarious. My assistant-in-law is fructose intolerant. Yeah. I've, that's common. Common, yeah. Well, I'm beginning to think that if that's the... Thing that's tipping me over the edge with the cheesels, I might be as well. well there you go. Because yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> Do you know what? Look into Ribena. That might be very high. No, because well, no, because that's a mainstay, and I don't get the runs. I'm just if I'm drinking that, I'm eating whatever yeah. else. But yeah. the cheesels because you take it intravenously. Variability. <laughs> take it as a vapor through the eyeball. <laughs> um, I guess mainline it straight into the retina. Anyway, I think that's us done. What did we make of that? Good oh, to be back. It's pre-season. We Next could. time we talk, hopefully we're talking a win when we kill them. <laughs> Tim, <laughs> we're not allowed to talk about death. <laughs> God, I'm fine. And Richmond, because <laughs> Sean, Sean gets in trouble. We'll get them. We'll get them. I don't think they're that good. We're going to do season predictions and all that stuff? Nah. Fuck it. God, I'm annoyed here. I loaded up the Prenda DJ. Onto the mixer, but there it didn't. I thought it had. Uh, and what are we going to be looking at? I thought it had. I, I thought it had uh, taken, but it didn't for some reason. That's. I gave weird. you a compliment before. I think you just dismissed it. What that's, about my beard? That, that's the length your beard needs to be maintained. I just like the fact that he hasn't seen me in so long. I've actually been able to grow and maintain a beard. No, but I, you've actually you've hit social media. Your social media is usually very box hill and photography based. Very heavy. We've seen your face a lot more. On what? We've seen your face on, on social media, on Instagram. On what? Your work at the Australian Open. Oh, that was good. Yeah, well, that was... that. that you doing your... That wasn't necessarily yeah, me. Near, near the Melbourne site, but I'm saying you posted it, so we got to saw you. Yeah, I posted that to a story, I think. Yeah. But I was getting tagged But you were sans, well. sans beard. Yeah, I was just at that stage with yeah. the... Just didn't have a beard. No yeah. particular reason, I just yeah. didn't have one. Now that's, but that's a nice link. But it was... Because you've got to... When you grow a beard, and people who have a beard will know this, when you grow a beard, it's a commitment. Um, to get it to the stage where it's a beard. I gave it two weeks. Crack the shits. Last yeah, you got to give Thursday. it. I can't. You got to give it four or five. Sean, I nearly scratched my entire face off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got to give it four or five. I couldn't get through it. I get to that point. It's like day fourteen, fifteen, and I'm like, nah, done. Yeah, that's the hardest point. And I took it all off and I left the mode. I kind of liked it. If you can get through that, there's a four or five day period there where you've really got to soldier through it. You've really got to just believe. I get to day four and five, and I'm done. I'm just done. <laughs> anyway, that'll wrap us up. For me, Sean Peterbutch, thank you so much for listening. We're back on deck for 2023. Tim Davis. Always a pleasure, Sean. Wonderful to be back. Very excited for the Blues. Let's go. Excellent. And uh, for Baganash. Arrivederci, ragazzi. For Baganash. Um, go Blues. Go Blues. Do me a favour. <laughs> Do me a favour.
I'm being serious. <laughs> no, you say, nah, you say, I'm talking facts here. I don't do if buts and maybes. I do absolutes. You kidding? I am Queen's Boulevard. <laughs> <laughs> we'll catch you next week. I ain't that cool, a little fuck in the head. They'll be hanging me quick when I'm back from the dead. Get the rope. Get the rope. Get the rope. Get the rope. I'm a punk rock kid. I came from hell with the curse. She tried to play it away, so I fucked her in church. Don't you know? Don't you know? Don't you know? Yeah, don't you know? They say you're not safe here. Oh no, I leave the broken hearts this way